0: What up gang, welcome back to Thoughts from the Shade. Bob and I will give our thoughts on another Eagles loss and comment on some of the things they had to say after the game. We'll examine Brady's return to New England, the Boston fans, and the all-time passing yards record. We'll recap a couple of other games, then turn it over to college to evaluate the current landscape through week five and the early college football playoff picture. Finally, a recap of our weekend golfing in the Carvin' Cup at Lulu and Bob's pursuit of some questionably low Sunday scores. If you're enjoying the show, tell a friend, follow us on Instagram, and rate or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget this episode is brought to you by Shamrock Sun. If you're tired of running out of sunscreen too soon, they've got you covered. Go to shamrocksun.com and enter promo code SHADE in all caps when you're ready to pull the trigger on one of their big-ass bottles of sunscreen. Hello everybody. Welcome back to Thoughts from the Shade. I believe we're up to episode 12. Twelve it is. I'm on the call here with a damaged, battered bomb. You're looking at a guy. Eyes aren't wide open. Hoodie. Looks like he's horizontal. What's going on, bomb?
1: Tough weekend out to on the links. Two day event, you know. We'll get to it later, but uh, take takes its toll on us, us common folk. Did
0: you did you stick around too long after your round yesterday? Is that is that the cause of this this situation that I'm seeing right now?
1: No, I had had a couple pops, um, nothing, nothing too extravagant. Just uh, you know, limited sleep on the weekend. Stayed up and watched Brady's return, which we'll get into in, in a moment, but. Uh, Another Monday, brother.
0: Another Monday, another Eagles loss. Not as bad as, as Monday night, I guess, but certainly wasn't good. <laughs> not not as debilitating, I guess. That That Cowboys loss was just like the knife in the heart to the season itself. So now it's just kind of I feel like I'm dumb and we're just going to go through the motions for the rest of the year here. But Eagles fall 42 to 30 at the link on Sunday to the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. Good to see him on the sidelines back in Philadelphia. Said he was able to enjoy a cheesesteak, uh, which we called last week. So happy for Andy. Uh, and as you called, Bob, I was laying on my couch watching the end of that game. Half empty stadium. Half sunny, half in the shade. That that fall setting at the link, and you know everybody was headed home with a long face, or headed to Xfinity Live to to drink it off. Not much to be excited about. Um, I don't I don't think you caught any of the game. Do you have any any comments or input you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I didn't catch the game. I was too busy competing at a at a at a at a level. Uh, much higher than the Philadelphia Eagles in competition. I did, however, get a report directly from the ground, uh, a guy who was uh, in some ways, I guess you could say, you know, at the game in in physical nature only. Uh, and the exact quote from, from this season ticket holder said, uh, he said, you know, it's the drunkest I've been at a game in quite some time. So that, that's the level of, of, uh, of, of issues that the Eagles have when, uh, you know, when you miss an entire year of football really from going down there and watching the games live and the product is so bad that you drink yourself into a stupor.
0: It was a beautiful day for it. Sure. It was a great, great tailgate. And I feel like all the excitement was probably before kickoff yesterday and a little bit of excitement uh, with our head coach, Nick Sirianni, before, the game was even played this weekend. Um, I didn't confirm, but I I thought I heard that he was he was rocking a LaShawn McCoy jersey at practice last week uh, in honor of Shady retiring this weekend. Um, you think this guy would have got got the hint after the Dallas T-shirt and beat Dallas um, just to kind of maybe lay off all the uh, the signaling and Trying to fit in and and be cool and just maybe try to work on on his offensive game plan, which remained the same uh, from what I saw and what I've read. Miles Sanders, seven carries. Gainwell had three carries. Didn't run the ball. I think the fans at one point were chanting, run the ball, run the ball, like – is that is that the level of football we're watching with this guy and this team?
1: Reminds me a lot of Flyers fan, fans screaming, shoot the puck. But uh, in this instance, I think it's warranted, right? You you went up you went up up against Dallas last week and got taken behind the woodshed and absolutely destroyed on talk radio and in the press about the fact that you had a historically uh, historically skewed bias towards the past last week. And you come out against the Chiefs, one of the most prolific offenses, again, uh, and, and you just decide, yeah, you know what? Let's just keep chucking it around. Forty-eight passes for Jalen Hurts—that's a joke.
0: I personally thought it was all right because I'm a I'm a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner, but that doesn't matter here. Um, yeah, but just just sounded like a lot of the same, everything through the air, nine penalties. Uh, There was a point in the fourth quarter where the Eagles had a chance to to make a big stop and and try to get a drive to to tie the game, and and third and six, Josh Sweat jumps off sides, gives them an easy third and one, and Kansas City goes down and puts the game away. Chiefs had no punts yesterday. I have had to double-check the uh, box score there, but no punts for the Chiefs. So Jonathan Gannon's defense is uh, night and day. the the last two weeks compared to the first two and the thing with Sirianni that's interesting to me is I feel like he opted to not be very aggressive yesterday and kick some field goals and and not go for some fourth downs uh, in the red zone against the Chiefs who like you said are prolific offense probably probably top in the NFL and then two weeks ago against San Francisco he was super aggressive in in a low scoring game where the three points at at times would have helped so just feels like this guy's got it ass backwards so far and can't figure it out but it's early and we're one and three we know what we are we'll just evaluate and, and see what we can bring back next year
1: and the good news is I think Sirianni will still be able to move ahead with the commemorative Andy Reid 100th win t-shirt as uh, as previously designed. So Andy Reid now has 100 wins with the Eagles, 100 wins with, with the Chiefs, first coach in NFL history to have that. And no doubt Coach Nick Sirianni has a Gildan-designed t-shirt lined up for, uh, for his presser this week to honor Coach Andy Reid.
0: Well-deserved, Andy.
1: Can we chat a bit about a guy on defense?
0: Yeah, the, the only thing I was going to say, and it's just another recurring issue, is the red zone play. Um, refusal to run the ball. Everything's to the boundaries. And Hurts is running for his life, rolling out and just throwing it away. They, I think they were three for six in the red zone. Obviously not going to cut it against the Chiefs, but not going to cut it at all. In the red zone what we've seen so far this season and it's just it's just tough to watch but what's your beef with uh with a member of our defense here
1: we talked a little bit about their corners last week and how these guys all now wear single digit numbers as if it's their superman cape and uh, obviously tyreek hill had a big game yesterday and i understand you know slay wasn't the primary defender on him for for much of the day if at all which honestly, is a, is a, is a joke. Like if you're, if you're big play slay, you should be asking to be tapped, you know, to cover this guy, follow him around the field, but to, to give up what 41 points, 42 points, not even force a punt and to to hop on Twitter after the game as Darius slay his handle at big play 24 slay quote in my nine years, only two wide receivers had 100 on me, y'all go stop playing with my name. That's not what I want to see after getting blown the hell out at home. That's not what I what I want to see after you didn't force a punt. I mean, where do they find these guys? I mean, that's just such an outrageous comment. And by the way, like, it wasn't that long ago that DK Metcalf was sunning this guy. So, you know, the, 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 those, those few times that you, in your mind, only gave up 100 yards, like, I remember him, Getting absolutely throttled by Metcalf, so I, I don't want to see that. After you just got absolutely crushed at home,
0: no, that's a terrible look. But on the other side, uh, you did share Jalen Hurts' post-game presser, and despite the the infamous dump quote last week after after the Dallas game, appears as though he did flush it. He played played much better yesterday, still missed some throws, but um, I believe Sirianni said after the game that it was the best he'd seen Hertz play.
1: No, no, no. That's um, no, not what he said. What did he say? He said, and I'm going to paraphrase, one of the finest quarterback-backing performances he's ever seen, and he's been around Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck, et cetera, et cetera. What a joke of a comment that is.
0: I was going to say it was bizarre anyway because you've only been with Hertz for four games. But regardless, Hertz took a question from the media uh, that addressed that comment from Sirianni. And um, you could probably paraphrase it better, but I think the message was just from Hertz. It, It was nothing about him. And he was unhappy that they didn't win the game. And he, you know, he was just preaching that they need to keep working, keep keep getting better, and it, w- it was a complete uh, re- response about the team and not himself. So regardless of, of what happens with Hurts and the ups and the downs and if he ends up being the guy or not or if he ever upgrades that P shooter of an arm he's got, you have to commend him for, for his attitude and, and his comments yesterday.
1: Yeah, obviously he's a team first guy. Um, a lot different than, uh, you know, the number 11 back there who probably would have been talking about how grateful he is just to have the opportunity to compete against somebody like Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, no, Hurts hit all the right notes after the game. They didn't win the game. But, um, again, you know, you're paying these corners big money. And to uh, to hop on Twitter after the game and, and talk about how everybody's mistaken. Tyreek Hill didn't run all over you. He ran over your teammates I think is a, a totally asinine comment.
0: You know, I was going to say it was a tough day for Rodney McLeod to come back because, you know, turning around and watching Tyreek Hill run behind him all day, he might, might be back out with whiplash after that game yesterday. So welcome back, Rodney. Didn't help, but uh, glad glad you're feeling well. Lane Johnson was out yesterday. I believe it was personal matters, not not injury-related, so... Hopefully get him back to protect Hurts a little bit so he's not running for his life back there. But, yeah, Eagles fall to one and three. Carolina next week. Anything else on the birds?
1: Now, the only other thing I want to talk about is I've never seen – I haven't seen so many receivers get pushed out of bounds on the way to catching a touchdown pass before, and it's happened already twice in, what, three weeks, four weeks? Twice what, in
0: the last three weeks, yeah.
1: What is what is that about? Like, what, is it is it the route running? Is it the uh, I mean, Smith definitely looks like he got pushed. So no, no call there on illegal contact. But I mean, you have a head coach here who prides himself on being detail oriented, wide receiver guy. And uh, you have those issues occurring in the red zone. You have penalties occurring. You have offensive pass interference from your receivers. So something is either not being schemed right or not being taught right, and I'm trying to figure out what that is.
0: I'm not sure. It is it is tough to see. Devontae Smith put up a nice game yesterday, though, so that was good to see. Keep him involved, and hopefully he can continue to, to contribute and, and help them move the ball down the field and stay in some games because aside from the red zone, the, the Eagles were able to move the ball yesterday. Guess the, the Chiefs' defense is nothing to write home about, but good to see the young the young guy getting it going a little bit. As for an old guy, Tom Brady, the GOAT, made his long awaited return to Foxborough to play his old team that he won six rings with, the New England Patriots, and his old coach Bill Belichick on Sunday Night Football. A lot of rain, ugly night in Foxborough. Bob, what'd you make of it? I was out by halftime. I was, we were opposites yesterday, in terms of of schedule with golf. I was up with the birds, out of my house by five forty-five, so I, I couldn't make it past halftime last night.
1: No, I was I was somewhat with you. I mean, I I was watching the game. I I dozed off sometime between the second and third quarter, and then. Obviously, watched the end of the game. Um, you know, it, it the, the game went about how I, ex, I expected it was going to go. I, I thought the Patriots would keep it between the uh, between you know inside the numbers, so to speak. But uh, but Brady would pull it out in the end. Kind of a crazy finish for them to try to kick a 56 yarder and through those elements. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Buccaneers go on the road and get a uh, get a win there. They're they're clearly bouncing back after the the Rams game. Uh, but I thought the story really was was the coverage of the return of Brady. Um, so less less so the game and more so everything around Brady coming back to Foxborough. So I, I just I found the whole thing so odd, like between the fan reaction, between the coverage before the game. I mean, like they kicked this guy to the curb. They refused to resign him as an organization. And then you got Robert Kraft going and kissing him on the cheek as if he's like a made man. It's like you could have had this guy in your uniform instead of, uh, you know, dopey looking Mac Jones. And then like NBC's coverage and ESPN's coverage and all these all these big sports, uh, you know, media firms are talking about, well, will they boo? Will they cheer like as if it's a question? And, And it just the whole thing seems so contrived. So Brady gets a big cheer when he comes out on the field, uh, you know, pregame. And then, like, he gets announced as the starting quarterback and goes and takes the field. And the fans boo. I was I th- I was so shocked. I thought it was super contrived by uh, fake hard ass Boston fans who try to have, you know, they're, they're like a little brother to Philadelphia fans and that they think they're hard asses but they've been so spoiled by winning over the years that they don't know what it's like to really let out a hearty, pain-filled boo. That was so disgusting to hear that stadium boo the guy when he came on the field and and was announced as a starting quarterback of the Buccaneers. It was fake. It was garbage. And I was disgusted by the entire thing. And, And I hear nothing about it today from the media. If that was Philadelphia and Donovan McNabb won six Super Bowls and he came back, as the starting quarterback of the Redskins where he went after he, he left the Eagles and the, and the fans booed, you would hear about it for weeks. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my two cents on that. I thought it was disgusting coverage. I thought the fans were disgusting and uh, really I'm just totally uh, disheartened by Boston in general.
0: Yeah. They they would have, they would have framed the, the Philly fans as the terrible fan base that we are and all the, Things in history about snowballs at Santa and eating horse shit after the Super Bowl and all that good stuff—they they would have added that to the list. But I I do find that pretty bizarre. I don't think if I was a Boston fan, I could find a bill in me for that guy ever in my life. I mean, just he spoiled that city for for almost two decades, or the better part of two decades. It's unbelievable. Um, And I I was going to ask you the question, granted, if McNabb won six rings and came back, but Nick Foles won us one ring, and and what if he came back? Do you think anybody would be booing at the link?
1: No chance. No chance. The the closest analogy I could give you would be Chase Utley coming back with the Dodgers. The, The guy goes yard against the Phillies, and they give him a standing O. I mean... You know, it's like one of those things where you have a player, a, you know, a superstar player. not at least obviously not the superstar Brady is, but a guy who left it all on the field, a guy who, you know, resonated with the fans, a guy who represented the kind of hardworking blue collar fans that, you know, Philadelphia and Boston are supposedly representing. And uh, and to hear that boo, I just thought it was so contrived. It was just you could tell they didn't mean it. And it was like, you know, the, the, the uh, broadcast broadcast. Acknowledge. Oh yeah, they're booing uh, Brady now that he's a fa- now that he's a buck. Now that the game's on, as if they're like totally this fan base that's locked into their shitty one and three football team. After they just watched Cam Newton play last year, like cut me a freaking break. You're gonna boo this guy? That is disgusting.
0: It was like a bad joke almost. He probably felt a little secondhand embarrassment for that fan base because, yeah, I mean, how how could they sincerely boo the guy? That spoiled them when when their team since he left has been absolute dog shit. So
1: yeah, I don't enough. think it was, It definitely wasn't sincere. And then and then NBC throws up these pictures of these fans. Oh, you know, thanks for what he did, but now he's on the enemy. Like as if like as if you went to the Jets. Like if you went to the Jets, right, or the Bills. Like they're uh, they're a division rival. So all right, like you want to do that, and he left on his own, but you kicked him to the curb. You kicked him to the curb and he went to the NFC. It, it was just, it, it it was such fake tough guy boo.
0: The other funny thing about, about that game that, that I did see, and I guess Brady passed Drew Brees for the all time passing record. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was on a, on a weird play in the first half where the refs didn't know where to spot the ball. And I was worried about Al Michaels. I thought, you know he might have had a stroke or a heart attack, depending on where they spotted that ball, because he he just kept going. Oh, we he, he might have broke the record. I think he broke the record. He didn't break the record, and it it was just so bizarre. And I I get it. It's historic, um, but it it, it just felt over dramatized again and he was going off and then he was complaining oh well I guess they're not going to stop the game and have a ceremony since since Brady's on the away team it's like he broke a record during the game move on he's still an active player this isn't like his farewell tour the guy wants to keep playing It, it was just bizarre
1: and then they're showing live shots of dopey looking Drew Brees on the sidelines with his new with his new hair plugs in And he's, like, shaking out his right arm as if he's getting ready to come back and throw a football. Like, cut me a break, dude. That little dink and dunker's down on the sidelines, and they're showing, like, live shots of him. And then they're going back to Brady, and the ball's getting spotted, and they're not sure who has the record. Like, it was just so bad.
0: Yeah, way way too much over the top. And I don't know if Drew Brees could throw for another yard with with that arm that he's got left. (laughs) But... Anyway, couple uh, couple battles of undefeated teams yesterday. Bob, just just to maybe get get some thoughts here. Uh, we had selections on both the games. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens traveled to Denver to take on the Broncos. Seemed like a pretty pretty boring breezer for for Baltimore. Bridgewater went out with a concussion. Ravens won 23 to seven. The Ravens weren't even undefeated. What the fuck am I talking about?
1: It's all good. They were undefeated in your mind. They 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 have they have a loss and they they went out to Denver and just waxed the undefeated Broncos. I think you were on the Broncos, my friend.
0: I was on the Broncos. Sadly, it hurts. I had, had a part of a three leg parlay at four o'clock, and that was the only one I missed. So, what else is? No, I mean,
1: that, I think that game was you know it was less so the game and more so kind of the. The controversy of what happened on the last play of the game with Baltimore run on a a little QB sweep to the outside to get over 100 rushing yards. Was that the
0: case? I missed that.
1: So they had they have a streak of I guess 22 or 23 games in a row where they have over 100 yards. They got the ball I guess with 10 seconds left, three seconds left, whatever it was. Um, after Denver was I guess you know they either scored or they turned the ball over on downs. They were running plays. Baltimore runs a play sweep to the left with uh, with uh, Lamar and he picks up the five or six and goes down and you see Vic Fangio on the sidelines throwing his headset and all the Broncos pissed off like cut me a break. If you're trying to score a garbage time touchdown down 23 or 15 or whatever it was, then the other team has the ability to do a Madden style play to run up the score or to get a record. I mean, if. If you're not doing that on Xbox, you're a liar. So why not do it in real life?
0: It's not like they were trying to throw a, a deep ball or anything. They just – they they didn't go to victory formation. They just ran, ran a running play, hit the milestone, yeah. game over. No love lost, but uh, apparently not for, for Vic and the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and Harbaugh eats all that shit up too, like the preseason winning streak, like all these meaningless things really in the grand scheme of things. But he, like, loves – he loves being able to hang his hat on like a real meaningless streak, like 100 yards rushing in 20-plus like games.
0: Is that how you try to keep your job or, or negotiate a, a contract extension or something like that?
1: I'm sure, yeah.
0: The other big game Sunday at 4 o'clock was between two actual undefeated teams at the time. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals went to L.A. to play the Rams uh, in a battle. Um, that, that probably some some women would have would have liked to tune into there with uh, coaches Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVeigh, the, the young studs. Cardinals took it to them. I was surprised. I mean we were on Arizona, but it really wasn't much of a game. Arizona went right down the field early in the game a couple times. Stafford was off uh, pick early in the game that led to more points for Arizona. And they kind of never looked back. So Arizona's at the top of the NFC West. That's a tough division. And the Rams will gather themselves to play Seattle on Thursday night. Um, I don't know if you caught any of this game, bomb or, or what
1: you make of it. Yeah, I mean, just as we said, we were both on the Cardinals classic hangover game from your big, you know, we I think we called it last week the Super Bowl uh, so far of the year for the Rams. They won against the Bucs you know, for me, all all that I'm doing here is filing this away in the, um, in the memory and saying, I'm taking the Rams next time the Cardinals and, and Rams match up later in the year.
0: Yeah, that, I like that strategy and the Rams certainly weren't on their, on their A game yesterday. Like I said, Stafford was bad. The defense was not good, but that Kyler Murray, man, he's, he's a player. You don't get to see him much here on, on the East coast with, uh, with the TV and they're not usually a team that's nationally televised uh, on Sunday or Monday night so I got a good look at him yesterday and the way he extends plays with his feet he's really fast and he's and he's a great great passer so they got a lot of weapons there and they they're in a groove so that that could be be a fun team to, to see in in January and, and maybe February that we haven't seen in a long time. Anything else? On on NFL Sunday, Bob, week week four in the books. We're at the quarterway
1: poll for NFL
0: already. No,
1: nothing, nothing for me.
0: All right. Well, we had a big college football Saturday too. Started at noon, went till about midnight uh, with with a lot of marquee matchups. Georgia asserted their dominance over Arkansas, blasting them 37 nothing. Alabama blasted old Miss, 42-21. That game wasn't even close. And your Cincinnati Bearcats with the big win over the Irish, 24-13 in South Bend. That was a good call from you there. We had Ohio State get back on track, blowout win over Rutgers, 52-13. Good pick, G. Um. And then the night cap, the stripe out in Happy Valley. Penn State shut out Indiana 24-0. And they go to Kinnick Stadium next week to play the Iowa Hawkeyes, the third-ranked Hawkeyes now, off of their big blowout win of Tua's little brother in the Maryland Terrapins on Friday night. Did you catch that game, Bob? It
1: was awful. I mean, uh, uh, baby Tua. Uh, Tango, uh, Tango Vailoa, uh coming into that game, he led the NCAA in fewest turnover-worthy plays coming into that game. And I flip it on Friday night and crack open a nice cold beer and throw my money on the uh, on the Terps. And uh, literally the minute I threw my money on the Terps. Baby of was throwing the football to the other team. I mean, that guy looked like the biggest fraud, the biggest bum. I couldn't believe he was a starting quarterback. I said, "What is going on here? Is he the backup? No, he's just a bum.
0: Is he a lefty too.
1: No, that also threw me off. He looked. Yeah, I guess he was right-handed. I'm looking at him like, well, what is he throwing with the wrong arm? What's going on here?
0: I guess why I'm asking is, what do you make of Iowa go, going into going in the next weekend?
1: Well, I don't I don't think that win convinces me that they're the number 3 team in the country. He was throwing the ball direct I mean, if I was playing linebacker for the Iowa Hawkeyes and I had a a white shirt on with black letters and the yellow pants or whatever the hell they were wearing Friday night, I would have picked off a couple a couple footballs here. That that's how bad the throws were. So you know, I don't want to talk about the next game. I don't want to give a prediction on the next game, but I don't think Iowa is as dominant as that final score would indicate.
0: Right. I kind of figured that. and I thought it was kind of bizarre that that leapfrogged Iowa over Penn State in the AP poll. Not that it really matters, but usually teams jump each other with the same result if if it's a signature win or a close close win against a bad team, but Penn State took care of business, and it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and pretty, but they didn't give up a point, and they did what they had to do, took care of business. They didn't overlook Indiana, which not much of a team there, but still was a could have been a look-ahead spot with, with the big game looming this week, and we'll see who earns that spot now at number three because I think one and two is – is pretty rock solid till, till the end of the year. But we wanted to, to look back and look forward and, and give ourselves a second chance here on our, on our playoff picks for college football. Uh, preseason, I had Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And Bob, you had Alabama, A&M, Cincinnati, and I believe Ohio State. That's correct. So through five weeks, of this college football season and, and what we've seen transpire, right? Are, are you making any adjustments? Who do you have in your final four come uh, come end of November, early December?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I feel pretty good about the overall themes that that we identified early in the year. I, I said before the season started that I thought the the Pac twelve, the ACC, and the Big Twelve would be shut out of the of the playoff. I still believe that. Um, I, I still think Ohio State is going to represent the Big Ten. Uh, the the Iowa and Penn State uh, resurgence, so to speak, feels a lot like maybe five or six years ago when Ole Miss and Mississippi State were at the top of the rankings for the SEC. And then all of a sudden they were getting knocked off and ultimately didn't represent the SEC in the playoffs. So I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Uh, I think Alabama and Georgia come out of the SEC to, uh, you know, to join the playoff. And I think Cincinnati still still uh, wins out and and joins the uh, joins the playoff as the first group of five team to make the college football playoff. So uh, those are my picks right now as we sit here in early October.
0: Yeah, the Pac-12, I think, is cooked after Oregon got upset in overtime by Stanford on Saturday. And the funny thing about that game was they, you know, they gave out the FPI or or whatever you want to call it ESPN. They they give out the percent chance of a win at a certain point in the game. And Oregon had a 99.9% chance to win that game with about a minute 50 left in the fourth quarter. And they, they lost an OT and shattered the playoff hoops for the PAC 12. Um, yeah, that was that was a good prediction by you. They're they're cooked for for the, the final four. The ACC's cooked for the final four. The Big 12's not cooked yet, and Oklahoma's starting to starting to take form a little bit. And they were my pick to win it all this year, which I could go back on, but I'm still going to pick them to make the playoff. I think they're I think they're rounding into form a little bit. I think the rest of the Big 12's pretty bad, so I think they'll get it done and find their way in there. Uh, I'm with you on the top two, Alabama and Georgia. I think they'll probably both run the table and play a close SEC championship game, and, and the loser will still still have a spot secured there. And Believe it or not, my fourth team, I'm with you. Ohio State will make the college football playoff.
1: Wow. Wow. I did not see that coming. It's
0: it's just the same shit, different year. It's I, I just I can see it now, and I was a little I was a little discouraged, not discouraged because I don't I don't like Ohio State, but I was a little taken back and, and unsure about them through through the first couple weeks. Um, but they had the big blowout win. Granted, it was Rockers, and Rockers isn't terrible, but. They've still got a couple more weeks before they play Penn State and Michigan. And I think those are really the, the only two two big, tough games that they have left. They might have Michigan State. I'm not positive. But anyway, they have a couple more weeks to get right. And they took the loss early in the year, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't in the Big Ten. And they, they can write that off and run the table and, and get back. And I look at Penn State obviously this this upcoming weekend with iowa is a losable game and the same can be said for iowa Iowa could lose that game and then penn state could go get beat at columbus at the end of the month and so as much as everybody wants to say that the door is open for penn state and iowa and michigan i won't believe it until i see it and that was kind of bullshit anyway because Ohio State's loss wasn't in the conference. So they have everything in front of them. If they win out, they'll be in the Big Ten championship. They'll play Iowa or some super lesser team from the Big Ten West, and they'll slip right back into the playoff as they always do. So Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, I still got three. Three or four alive. Clemson, absolutely cooked.
1: Let me ask you something. Well, let's just go through a couple scenarios here. Let's assume Bama and Georgia are in. They they continue to win out. They play a close SEC title game. Let's assume Ohio State wins out. They're now your one-loss Big Ten champion with uh, an undefeated conference record. What happens if Oregon wins out?
0: I don't think that they would be in. I mean, it would depend. Because what if if Oregon won out, they'd be 11 and one or 12 and one. Would they be a Pac-12 champ?
1: Pac-12 champion, uh, one loss road conference game. They will have beaten Ohio State at Ohio State. So, do they go in over Ohio State? Do no. they go Cincinnati? Does Ohio State go in over Cincinnati? Would they? Would the committee look at? The one-loss Oregon team and the one-loss Ohio State team, and say, you know what? Guess what? Oregon went on the road, they beat Ohio State. We're gonna put them in. Or would they say, as we talked about last last week, this isn't the same Ohio State team. They're rounded into form. I mean, what's your take on this entire scenario? Should it come to fruition? I don't.
0: I don't think it will come to fruition. I think the Pac-12 is is not good. I think Oregon. We'll probably lose another game at some point, and if it does come to fruition, they can't overlook the Bucks. You know, they had, they've been there, done that. They're always there, and it, should they run the table, they'll have big wins against Michigan, Penn State, and a Big Ten champion championship.
1: So let, me, let me get it straight. You're on the committee, G. You know, representing the, uh, I guess the Big Ten. You're putting in. A one loss Ohio State over a one loss Oregon, with Ohio State loss being against Oregon at home?
0: I think you would have to if if they both were on the table at this point. Oh my god. I mean, do you think the committee would do that? Do you think the committee if the if this situation played out, you think the committee would put the ducks in?
1: I can't see how you could put Ohio State in.
0: Oh, I could. Because uh, you
1: lost, it's, it wasn't a neutral site game, it wasn't an away game. You lost at home the game.
0: Yeah, I just think the the brand name and and the recognition play w- w- would play a part. I I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have the job to to make that decision. But if you got to that point in late November or December, and they played again on a neutral field, in this scenario where they both went out, Ohio State would probably be a seventeen point favorite.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Would the committee take a one-loss conference champion over an undefeated Cincinnati? Because in theory, if that scenario comes to fruition, they could take Alabama and Georgia, one of which is not going to win a conference and will have one loss. They could take Ohio State and Oregon, both one-loss conference champions. Where does that leave Cincinnati?
0: I think if Cincinnati wins out, they're in. I think they ha- they have to be. They 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 beat Notre Dame, at Notre Dame. They beat Indiana, which again is not a signature win this year, but it's it's solid enough for your non-conference schedule as a group of five team. And they it's hard for them to get jumped. They're already 5th in the AP poll. They're not going to drop if they don't lose. So the only place to go is is up. Cuz oh, I I where Penn State is oh, going to lose.
1: They could play a couple close games in conference and have, you know, maybe an Ohio State knocks off a Penn State, right? And and they 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 continue to rise in the rankings.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the the big part that we're not talking about here too is is Oklahoma. What happens with Oklahoma? Because they haven't lost yet. They just haven't looked good.
1: So crazy.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be wild because just from the eye test. At this point, I think Oklahoma. you have. No, I'm not even talking about them. I think from the eye test oh. at this point, the one loss SEC team, Bama or Georgia, has to be in, right?
1: I think so. Although Georgia, that Clemson win doesn't look good. Like that. No. Clemson stinks, and you beat them 10-3.
0: Right. But with what we know right now, Sure. I think I think the one loss SEC, SEC team has has to be in with the champ. And then you would have an Ohio State that ran the table, won the Big Ten championship in this scenario, and Oregon that ran the table, won the Pac-12 championship, beat Ohio State at Columbus. And if Oklahoma runs the table, Big 12 champ undefeated, you you can only pick and, and then you have Cincinnati, right? Yep. So you got you gotta pick two of those four. I, I don't want to be a member of the committee. Yeah, at that point, I'm picking off the eye test, and I think it, it's kind of easy to do if if you watch the rest of the year. But in terms of resume, and they say that's that's what they use, It, it it's somebody's going to be p- pissed off that they're left out, and it, it's not going to be good.
1: If we assume that, that everything shakes out, and I, I, I happen to think Oklahoma's going to stumble here, but let's just assume they go undefeated. Let's assume Oregon wins out. Let's assume Cincinnati wins out to go undefeated. Let's assume Ohio State wins out. You would have to say, based on the eye test, that it's Cincinnati and Ohio State, right? I agree. So you would take an undefeated group of five team over an undefeated Big 12 champion and a one-loss Big 10 champ over a one-loss Pac-12 champ who beat the one-loss Big 10 champ. I mean, that is fucking crazy.
0: As nutty as it sounds, I would. But who knows? I, I agree. There, there, by the way, there's a lot of football left. I mean, Georgia is at Auburn this weekend, and they just came off a blowout win. They're gonna go to, to a tough environment and play a half decent Auburn team. You never know there. You never know. There's so much football left. Um, but based on what we've seen so far, this there could be. Five, six, seven teams that that should be in the top four and ha- have their resume and have an argument, and they're only going to be able to pick four. So.
1: And by the way, it doesn't matter. Like whoever's three and four is getting absolutely smacked down by Bama and Georgia. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, I'm I'm rooting for chaos. Like I, I'd love to see how they how they pick this.
0: We will have to see. But it, it, it there would be a lot of debate and a lot of pissed off people might might finally enact the the expansion of the playoff. Could could this be the year that, that finally pushes it over the top? Who knows? I'm rooting for Penn State to run the table, baby. Come on. <laughs> I just I just don't see it. Anything else on, on, on college?
1: No, that's all I got.
0: Your wallet's holding up all right.
1: My wallet's holding up great.
0: I got a text a text this morning. It's it's Monday, so day after NFL Sunday. Would you go five and zero yesterday? Five and one, four and one.
1: Five and one. If we throw in the bonus game, which was a hate, it was a hate pick. It was an anti-Wentz pick. You goaded me into it, but yeah, we'll say five and one.
0: So you went five and zero on the on the slate.
1: Yeah, on the predetermined, you know, research picks, five and zero yesterday.
0: Sam's bonus pick, Bomb went five and zero. I got a text this morning. Man, Bomb's on fire. Does he bet all of these or does he just pick them for the show? And I said, yeah, he bets them all and then some. So he's really not up that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, the issue is I don't stick to just these picks. I bet like the entire board
0: incredible but yeah the 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 people are noticing bombs hot and we'll look to continue that later this week uh on our next edition of fade the shade but i don't think we have we have anything else on on football but it was a great weekend of golf had at lulu country club two beautiful weather days aside from sunday morning the fog was unbelievable it was a tough drive in and Teed off at 8.30 on Sunday as well as Saturday and probably had five for first three, four holes. It was tough, but I guess that's what you get when you play like shit on Saturday and and you're going out early on Sunday. But good times were had. Uh, No cash made for for me and my partner, but that wasn't the case for you, Bob. We, We played well together, or you played well when we played together Saturday. And you went into Sunday sitting in, what, tied for fourth or fifth? In contention, and
1: we were seven under on uh, Saturday, coming into Sunday.
0: Seven under net Saturday, coming into Sunday, and we were rooting for you from the clubhouse and and from my couch when I got home. I was checking the leaderboard. You guys were up, you were down, you were down. I was getting a little concerned, but somebody had a strong finish. You finished in the money. Why don't you why don't you give us the rundown on on the finish and how you made out?
1: Yeah, we just couldn't get much going for uh, for the front front nine holes and probably up up through the thirteenth and fourteenth hole and um, we finally started piecing some things together. So yesterday we we get to the seventeenth hole and uh, it's really do or die time. So um, I decided to uh, to rip driver, blasted one up in front. If anyone who knows that course, par five course, blasted one up in front of the bunker, put the second shot out about. Um, 80 yards from the uh, from the green, and managed to put a 60 degree to about five feet, knocked the putt in for a birdie, which went down as a as a an eagle. So four net three,
0: four for three, baby, that's huge.
1: So we got two strokes there, and then my partner managed to uh, save the day with a big a big putt on on 18 for a four net three. So we finished the last two holes. At three under, and we finished the day at four under. So, um, all three of our of our strokes where we gained some ground on the competition occurred on the last two holes, uh, which funny enough happened the previous day too. We went par par for uh, for uh, net 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 minus two, so two under on the last two, three under on the last two on um, on Sunday. So we played the last two holes over the two day period at five under for a total of uh, 11 under for the entire tournament
0: two tough holes there at the Lou, too 17 18 i think the six and four handicap respectively so that's that's an admirable finish there for you and where'd you, where'd you end up on the leaderboard i think there were 60 or 61 groups that went out this weekend and what were you t ended up t4 or t5
1: yeah finished t- tied for fifth um at 11 under and uh you know we were we were struggling. We mentally we were uh, we were struggling quite a bit. Um, played I think a bit better on Sunday than we did on Saturday, but couldn't catch a break. Balls trickling a foot into the rough from the fairway, just really bizarre uh, rolls and breaks. For example, on four, uh, my partner hits uh, hits the hits the green, one hops and hits the pin and flies off the green that's with fucking 50, brutal with a 56 degree <laughs> i'm like dude i'm like dude if that lands like three yards short it goes in the hole it, land, it hit halfway up the pin and get, flies off the green i go what what kind of break is that so we uh you know we had a day of tough breaks but we stayed with it we were we were battling and uh just good to good to put some things together at the end of the round there but um yeah, I mean whether it was eleven, whether it was twelve, whether it was thirteen, it wasn't gonna get the done it wasn't gonna get the job done compared to some of the scores the guys were putting up.
0: Yeah, seriously. We had uh, we had our, the team that won back to back winners. And I don't know what they shot Sunday and where they were after Saturday, but I think they put up a pretty big, pretty low number on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much about that. Um, I did receive a couple texts from people that were following the uh, the live scoring, uh, openly wondering out loud how an eight handicap shoots uh, an even par 71 on the final day in the conditions that that we were experiencing yesterday. But uh, you know, I wasn't there. I I have no idea. I've never seen. I never even met the guy. So how am I supposed to know? So. Uh, But all I can say is the greens weren't holding balls uh, unless it was a 56 or 60 degree in your hand. If you're hitting anything, you know, nine iron pitching wedge, eight iron into the green. I mean, I don't know what your experience was, G Balls were were not holding.
0: No, not at all. I I, I didn't hit a lot of good shots this weekend, but the few that I did that that were approach shots did not hold on the green. It was a little frustrating because you finally strike a good one and, you see it hit the green and then you're chipping from the back of, of it from the rough, but it's all good. and it hit a couple drives too, that just ended up in like the the rough above the bunkers. So you're on the slope. Those were like my two best drives of the day where they ended up. but I guess when your best drive's not in the fairway, you got issues
1: For sure. any thoughts on on the uh, on the scoring of kind of the you know the the situation i just mentioned
0: yeah well I mean,
1: 71 even par is like unbelievable
0: yeah especially on sunday I have an event where you, there's like 3 3 grand offer grabs in first place with 2 grand whatever it was some 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 decent change right and you know i'm a little more skeptical of the the group that finished in second place uh, I, don't, I don't like to name names here but i think it's pretty well known throughout the club uh, that 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 one name ends up at the top of these leaderboards, whether it's the Carvan Cup, the Member Members, any other events where there's there's cash at stake. And my partner on Sunday, we were out on the course checking the leaderboard when when we were finishing up, and we we saw that that this group that finished in second was six under through seven, and my my partner goes. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're good at making it look good because because they were only four under after Saturday. So he's like he's like yeah, they're just making it look good when they're Sunday money, you know, probably coming first. And it's just it's just ridiculous. I, I, that that's gotta be bad karma, right, with, with that that kind of cash out there.
1: Well, look, you know, I, I wasn't there. I didn't I didn't see the shots. I didn't count the shots. But but I will say. It's it's just interesting to me that when you play in these types of events, and I'm a stiff, right? Like I'm not gonna win. I'm not the guy that's up at the top of the leaderboard. I never will be at the top of the leaderboard. But it cracks me up when you see when you see these names that like they make Sunday charges that are that would rival like Tiger Woods in his prime. Like if they were playing Tiger Woods on Sunday at the Masters and um and, and they and they were they were down, like they, they would pass Tiger. Like they would blow right past him. Like there would be no question.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of absurd. It's just it's just funny because everybody knows the one guy and everybody looks at the leaderboard and he was probably in the middle of the pack after Saturday and then by whole 7 on Sunday he's tied for first. It's it's just ridiculous, but you know, we don't we don't condone that. We don't condone sandbagging. We we keep an honest score despite what our handicaps might be and we just play for the for the love of the game and you know I'm a I'm a bit of a believer in karma and I feel like if I was pulling shit like that I'd get hit by a bus. So I don't wish that on those people either, but it's just it's just not a good look.
1: I think it's funny. So when when the names were announced yesterday, there were some boobs.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I said that to, to some of the guys when we were eating and, and having a few drinks after after the round and I was like Man, I wish I, I wish I could stay for for the announcements because everybody's gonna boo this fucking guy.
1: <laughs> and they
0: and they did, they did.
1: There were there was a smattering of booze, not uh, you know, it wasn't the New England Brady booze, but it was uh, you know a smattering of booze.
0: So be- better or worse than than the Brady booze?
1: Uh, not not as many. Not as many. But probably more serious than the Brady boos.
0: Uh, de- th- those were definitely more serious. It's uh, <laughs> that's that's not taken lightly by 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 some of our friends over there. But you got anything else?
1: Nah, just good to get, good to get out there and play and compete and uh, yeah, just a fun time. That's it.
0: Yeah, man. Well, hats off to you. Good good playing. Profitable weekend on the links for you and, and another profitable weekend for you uh, in the sports book betting the pigskin so with that we'll, we'll leave everybody uh, until later this week where we'll bring you some more picks on Fade the Shade so until then peace